This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Episode 25, Business Phones Today. Adam and Peter discuss the topic voice over IP and try to shed light on the daunting task of choosing the right phones for your business. But uh, welcome. Welcome to Blurring the Lines. This is the Blurring the Lines pad. 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 Podcast. Pad, podcast. Podcast. Yes, Use that the, Boston. The Padcast. The podcast. The third <laughs> cup of coffee is just starting to kick in. Uh, and I am your co-host-ish type person, Peter Nicolaitis, with my good friend and also co-host-ish type person, Adam Bell. I am here. What's up? What's up, Nick? So it's been a week or two. We didn't record an official episode last week because we had that uh, special webinar episode. Right, with Tim and, Richter. Uh, with our good buddy Tim, whom, who you know, we really, he doesn't talk to me. I don't know what that guy's problem is. <laughs> but um, Adam, tell Tim if he's listening, I'm still not talking to him. Okay, I'll make sure that he gets the message. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So what's going on these days? What's uh, there's been a lot of events in uh, well a couple of events, but if you accumulate uh, all of the uh, events between you and me, there there have been several. Yes, yes. I mean, well, I mean Nashville's really busy right now. I mean it is hor- it's horrible I mean, as far as the traffic goes. Mm-hmm. We, well, they say we're adding 87 people per day. Oh. So it's like Boston on any day. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Now but you know we, how I feel all the time. <laughs> but we don't have the infrastructure that you guys do. <laughs> have you been to Boston? <laughs> we, we literally have this mess that we know as our road system here because people paved over cow paths. <laughs> um, I will include a, an NSFW picture uh to include in the show notes <laughs> but um it uh, explains um it explains the roads and the streets layout here and uh it's a great it's a great it was a meme a few years ago back in 2013 i think it came out and uh it's great it, it shows a map of manhattan uh-huh and it says you know new york city because we want you to know where you are and where you're going uh-huh and then below, it shows a picture of Boston. It says, Boston, because F you. <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels like when you're driving in Boston. I mean, uh, just a couple of, um, a couple of uh, months ago, I heard a song. It was on, I don't remember if I had it, if we were listening to Pandora or one of the other streaming services, but it was some blues channel that mm-hmm. uh, you know the blues channel du jour and uh, the song was I think it was just called like when you drive in Boston mm-hmm. and it was great I mean it was <laughs> really it was spot on it talks about how you know you, you have one hand on the horn and you don't use your signals and you don't stop at stoplights or in changing lanes and all that so <laughs> it, was, it was great well, cool. so anyway so so lots of traffic in Nashville lots what else traffic. is going down, down well still playing Pokemon Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't really play Pokemon. I get my kids to play Pokemon, and and then I reap the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I well, and I did join a team. Uh, I, I, I joined Team Mystic. Oh. Because I know that I was going to join the same team that you were on, so we could yep. uh, uh, fight together. Take but over then gyms I, together. Take over gyms together. But then I realized. Um, the amount of time that we're actually in the same place is a little <laughs> is is very little kind of yeah. small kind yeah. of small yeah statistically kind of improbable yeah so yeah. i figured i would uh play with my youth pastor and the kids at church with the same team and uh and then of course the kid that uh rides with me his phone broke so now he can't play so it's just me and i'm like huh eh. <laughs> it's not nearly as fun without friends, but I'm level so, 14. <laughs> so, so, so do you have any idea how you're level 14? I think I'm level 18 at this point. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, a quick aside, have any idea how many steps my new Microsoft band took on its way to get to me today? On its way to get to you? Like from well, UPS or? Yeah, exactly. It, it logged 533 steps and I just <laughs> carried it from the front door into my office here. So I know that I wasn't all me. So so apparently I can sort of deduce how, how much of a walk it had today. But um, yeah, following up, we've talked about my Microsoft band in the past. I have now received my fourth one today. Mm -hmm. This is the Microsoft Band 2. This was the second one that had hardware failures where the strap started to tear. And essentially just, just a big gash would appear right in the side of the strap. Oh, wow. Eventually that's going to fall off your wrist because you know, it's like a watch band. The strap breaks, doesn't yeah. stay on. Uh, this is the second time this had happened. And the first time I thought, you know, maybe I'm a little too aggressive with it. Maybe it's because I'm wearing it while I'm boxing or whatnot. So mm -hmm. I stopped wearing that one while I do those really aggressive activities. And as we'll talk later, I replaced it with another tracker for that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one started to break in the same exact thing. So this seems like a serious design flaw. Yeah. So as I said, now I'm on my fourth band. <laughs> this is awesome, guys. Great uh -huh. job, Microsoft. <laughs> Stay out of hardware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you ever? Did you ever play any gaming? I mean, like back in the '90s, old DOS gaming. Oh yeah. Did you ever play Master of Orion? That series, turn-based. No. No, that was one I did not. Back in the, the day, I was not really into uh, turn-based games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that didn't really uh, hold much appeal to me back in the day. Well, it's, it's perfect for my lifestyle now because I can play and stop and play and stop. And uh, <laughs> But, well, I've got a Steam account, and Steam <laughs> has, you know, ported all these old games and things in there. And so I've been using, uh, been, been playing Steam, but they ha they didn't have Master of Orion 2. And so that was my favorite. There's 1, 2, and 3, and 2 is my favorite. So I sent them, I said, I would really like to play Master of Orion 2, and I'd be willing to pay for it if you got it in there. And, mm -hmm. and I just forgot about it. And they sent me an email last week, said, it's in there. There it is. All right. I said, well, I guess I better pay for it since I asked for it. <laughs> how, how long ago was it that you said that? Oh, it was it was months. I mean, okay. it had to have been like spring or fall. Okay. You know, I thought about it, maybe cleaning up here, and I found my old discs. And I'm like, I don't have anything to put this in or even try to play it. <laughs> but uh -huh. I've been playing... I, well, Steam is bad. It tells you how many hours you've played, and it makes you sad because I've played <laughs> 10 hours of Master of Orion. That's part of my life that I can never get back. <laughs> yeah. When, it is kind of sad when you go back and you figure out how much time you really did spend here playing these things. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to not think about that. <laughs> or not do it in the first place. Yeah, well, yeah. It, I'm I'm letting it be a guilty pleasure. I do so much product, productivity the rest of the time. I'm going to live mm -hmm. with it. Good for so. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I concur. <laughs> so what do we want to talk about today? Well, I mean... You had an idea, which I think sounds decent enough. Okay. Voice over IP. That was, that, that was your idea. That was my idea. <laughs> that was your idea. I don't want to talk about that. That's your idea. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> Voip. Voip. Yeah. So back into a technical type of thing. But, technical uh, type. Yeah. Well, and but we'll, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about Voip. And when I started writing the outline of the different types of Voip, it made me realize that a a non-technical person could really get overwhelmed with with what they could get. Yes, I agree. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a there's a lot of uh, there in the in the voice over IP space. There's there's there are tons of different options, and they're all they they can all be extremely confusing. Mm -hmm. So yes. So uh, where do we want to start? How about soft phones? Since okay. we're talking on a soft phone right now. We are. We're we're talking, and and the VoIP technology we are using to do this to record this podcast now is Skype. Um, I think it's probably still one of the most popular 
voice over IP applications out there. It's yeah. uh, definitely been around for a long time and gained popularity because it allowed you to make free calls. So anybody who had a Skype account, you could call anybody else who had a Skype account. Called absolutely free. And um, this was really popular in international circles. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was, <laughs> I asked, it was like 2011, had a, had a girlfriend and uh, she was uh, from Iceland. And I asked her, I said, you know, do you, do you ever use Skype? She's like, I have an international family. I know about Skype. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it sure beats paying like, what, 30 cents a minute or something for, you know, long distance international calls. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, that's great. But nowadays, it's interesting. Skype, uh, you know, I, I like it for a voice chat. I think it's great for video chat. Um, but it seems like it's lagging in differentiators you know like nowadays it seems like just about every messaging app every text messaging app now is including a voice chat uh, you know a call feature of some sort and sometimes mm-hmm. even video chat as well yeah and and as far as like a text chat goes because when i use this for like technical purposes we exchange a lot of data and sometimes we're like you know here look at this snippet of code or this is this config file or this is the error message sometimes it's just more efficient to send that as a blob of text as opposed to reading, you know, percent A to B open curly brackets backslash semicolon. You know, it's a lot easier just send that as text. And and as far as text chat goes, Skype kind of blows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really is sucky when it comes to text, but it's really good for voice and video. Mm-hmm. So, um, but um, but I've noticed like we use Slack. Uh, on a personal thing, I use um, Facebook Messenger uh, or also Google Hangouts. They mm-hmm. all have voice capabilities now, mm-hmm. too. And uh, Hangouts and Slack also have the ability to dial regular phone numbers. Right. So Skype has this feature called Skype Out, and they do charge money for that. Uh, Google Hangouts has the same type of thing, too, where you're allowed to dial out. So, uh, you know, a lot of these things have this, have similar or same features. Um, most of them are pretty attractive in the pricing you know, that they give you. It's usually dirt cheap. Yeah. Uh, um, um, the only thing it's would, that would be cheaper, like, is if you have unlimited calling from a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of funny because for all the, you know, phones that we have people walking around with, most people these days apparently don't use them a lot for actual calls. Yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and of course, if you have an iPhone, then you have FaceTime. So mm-hmm. that's another VoIP, but uh, there's an audio version of that, but it's also video primarily. Um, so, you know, the line kind of blurs, ha ha ha, um, you know, between what is now an audio calling feature an audio calling platform versus a video calling platform versus texting. You know, they're all, a lot of these you're seeing are merging, you know, into like unified type messenger things. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's a lot of options. So we're using Skype. And again, the advantage there is that it's free and uh, pretty good quality. I mean, they do a pretty decent job. Uh, it does a, if you have a fast internet connection and your friend on the other side has a fast internet connection, you're generally doing a pretty decent. I mean, we've got pretty high res video going on between you and me right now. And this is pretty decent. It's clear. It sounds crisp and, and good. Yeah. So, um, and we can do multiple callers if we wanted to. We could, we could add Sam or Trey or somebody into this call if we wanted to have a powwow or something. Mm-hmm. So those are all inst- you know, neat features. Um, thing that it can't do right now, unless you pay extra again, is make a phone call out to a regular telephone number or uh, allow someone to call us. Skype mm-hmm. also has what's called a Skype in feature where you get your own dedicated phone number. And so someone with a regular phone number, you know, regular phone dials that number and it rings your Skype app instead. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that can be handy, and you can do again the same thing with Google, like a Google Voice account, uh, which does the same idea, gives you an inbound call. But um, what else? So we got Skype, and that's a free option. There's also there's you know, like I said, they have paid versions where they they give you extra features like the dial-in capability, the dial-out capability, and of course there's Skype for business now, 
because yeah. Microsoft acquired Skype a few years ago, and um, they're basically gradually doing away with their old product, which was Link, Microsoft <laughs> Link, and replacing it with Skype. But for starters, they just like rebranded Link as Skype for Business. Which, yeah. Okay, it kind of blows. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. it's it's not really Skype. That's why. <laughs> yeah. It makes a lot more sense now. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but what else? What other VoIP do you use besides uh, besides Skype on a regular basis? Well, I use I do use Skype, and and as you mentioned, I use the paid for. So my company we actually run on Skype with DIDs, so we all have our own phone number. And mm-hmm. if you pay for it all up front, mm-hmm. you can get your phone with a phone number and unlimited local United States and Canada for like $60 a year. Yep. So, so that's what I use. So I use that, but then then I also use Google Voice. Uh, mm-hmm. But Google Voice, if you're not using the plug-in, like in Chrome or you're running it in the browser, mm-hmm. it actually does uh, phone calling in between. So like when you, co- so I'll, I'll say, I want to call Peter. So I'll go into the Google Voice part and I'll put in your phone number and I'll say call and then I'll say what, what phone do you want me to call you? So I'll put my cell phone in number there. It's already programmed as a voice call. And mm-hmm. it'll dial you, and it'll dial me. Actually, it'll dial me first. It'll dial my cell phone. I pick up, and then it'll start ringing you. And then we're actually connected over the cell phone network, but mm-hmm. it used that to mask my phone number so that you don't know that my... You don't know that I'm calling you from my mobile phone. You just know that you got called from my main line, gotcha. my office line. So gotcha. that's pretty cool. But it's it's not truly doing voice, you know, or not truly doing voice over IP. It's just making the connection, which is well, interesting. Not, not purely voice. I not, mean, it is yeah. voice over IP, but it's not entirely voice over IP, which, which is also interesting, too, is because a lot of... Um, uh, the larger carriers these days are using voice over IP for what's called their trunk lines. Mm-hmm. So even though you're picking up a physical phone in the office and you're dialing to someone else who has a physical phone there and they have, you know, like old school copper Verizon or AT&T, mm-hmm. you know, lines out to the telephone pole, when it hits their central office, that's often going out over the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> so even though you're not, you may not think you're using voice over IP, you 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 might, you yeah. might be. So um, the nice thing is that what what allows all this wonderful stuff is the fact that there are uh, these bridges, you know, between all of these different networks, whether it's the old school copper phone networks or the internet, the PTSN, the PTSN, PSTN, or PSTN. Yes, yeah. public service telephone, public switching telephone network, public yeah. uh, whatever that, yeah. you know. Who cares? No one uses that <laughs> yeah. anymore. It's copper. That's <laughs> old. So, um, yeah, so it's it's interesting how that all, uh, you know, merges together and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so what else? So you use Skype. Now that's old, just you buy dedicated Skype accounts for everybody or is this Skype for business? It is well. I'm a, I've actually signed up for Skype for Business, which requires an Office 365 account. Uh, I'm not using that yet, but I'm going. I'm going to move towards that because Microsoft is pushing us out of the Skype for Business Manager. There used to be this Skype Manager, and it was very limited in the control. But what was cool was you created accounts. And then you assign them to employees and assign their phone numbers and paid for all that stuff mm-hmm. all in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now they have broken those accounts out. So the employees' okay. accounts are their own accounts, but I can still go back in and pay for them. <laughs> they, didn't, okay. they didn't lose the revenue stream, but I lost <laughs> control of the account. <laughs> so that's kind of a concern because if you have someone who has an account with a phone number and you have clients calling into that number and say you, I don't know, fire this guy, uh, they could still be calling him? No, I own the account. I can pull the, or I own the phone number. I own the phone number and I own the subscription. So I can pull it from his account. Okay. So it's not... Okay, that that's good because that, that that's an obvious concern that I had. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. So okay, but, that's good. That's good. But Trey Sublime 
he owns Trey Sublime. Trey Sublime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On Skype. Yeah, like, yeah whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So, 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 okay. that, so I am looking at the Office 365 Skype for Business because their unified uh, collaboration suite will offer me the call attendant and all the things that are available. They do the, a cloud PBX. I'm not even yes. sure who... I don't know if they own Cloud PBX. I I don't know. I don't know if, or if they've bought it or or what, but that's configured and part of the Office 365 suite. Right. And in the their enterprise plan, uh, E3 plan, I believe. Yeah. It comes with all that. So I had to buy E3. Well, and it was tough to find documentation. I really had <laughs> a hard time finding documentation. They're like, "You have to have E3." Okay, so I bought E3. Well, you have to have Cloud PBX. So I bought Cloud PBX. Then I yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I, I went through I went through that same rigmarole trying to get all set up for uh, for Skype, only to find out when all was said and done, it was going to cost me significantly more mm. to use that than it did to continue running my um, my asterisk. PBX that I use now. <laughs> yeah. So it's so, going to be like $35 per user. I've got five people now. I'm like, well, that starts adding up. <laughs> and that's a per month, right? Per month. month. Yeah. And we don't use Office 365. <laughs> uh, so you're not even getting all the, the full benefit of that then. Yeah. We got everything uh. under the sun with an enterprise account, but we don't use Office 365. So. You might want to start looking at that and compare and contrast that to Google Apps. Um, I, I think Microsoft has done a nice job with that. Yeah, there, there are definitely some attractive features to it. But uh, so, so I mentioned that one of the things I do a little differently is um, I have an uh, there's this open source server project known as Asterisk. How do you spell that, Peter? A S T E R. I S K asterisk, which an amazing number of people cannot pronounce. <laughs> they still call it asterisk. Asterisk, yes, <laughs> or even asterisk, which is even better. <laughs> so uh, I always get a kick out of that. I was like, those are the same people who say etc. 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 Exactly. <laughs> so um, so asterisk is uh, a free open source. PBX, and it's essentially software that you could run to replace, for instance, that old Lucent or Alcatel or Avaya or what other box that used to be in the telephone closet, <laughs> uh, you know, at, at your company, which may still be. And what's funny is a lot of these vendors that I mentioned re sell rebranded asterisk boxes now mm -hmm. because it's a free open source thing. They're fully, you know, free to go ahead and take it, repackage it, and, you know, sell it as, as their own product, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, like I said, a lot of companies do. So um, we have our own uh, Asterisk PBX, and it's in the cloud. So we have a Linux server running Asterisk out in a data center in New Jersey. And, um, you know, that, that box itself costs me, I don't remember, cheap per month, mm -hmm. you know, not a lot of dollars. And then on top of that, we get our connection to the public switching number. We buy some telephone numbers and some minutes from a VoIP provider. So they are the ones who are providing those, those trunk lines, which allows us to connect into the public telephone network. Right. So, and I forget what I'm paying for that. It's like, what, half a cent a minute or something, I think? Yeah. So, um, you know, and I pay in like $25 chunks and then, uh, you know, everybody, we have our phones, whether it's a hard desk phone or it's a soft phone on my iPhone or a client on my, my laptop or something. And uh, we talk to our PBX and that then routes the phone calls out. Mm -hmm. And so using that, we have all the same functionality. We have extensions. We have ring groups and hunt groups and call forwarding and voicemails and hold and transfers and all that, which we almost never use. 
<laughs> you know, essentially call comes in, someone answers it, you know, if they, if it's after hours, they leave a voicemail and yeah, there you go. And we, we often don't transfer the calls because if we were available to take the call, we would have answered it in the first place. And so we just call somebody back, but <laughs> if we need or want those features, we've got them. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I defined the asterisks as uh, in-house hosted <laughs> voice over IP. So you you have that system, you own yep. it, you update you update it. It's got Linux on it, so yep. you're updating the package as defined by Asterix. And um, <laughs> I'm having you a hard it time saying yeah, <laughs> Asterisk. Well, yes. <laughs> So, well, just but, remember, but just it remember, is it's, it's open source software, and there's always a risk when you run that. There's always a risk. <laughs> I, a lot of my friends in the open source community want my head on a platter now. I'm sure, just for saying. That. <laughs> but you know, so you control that. That's in your house. You, but at the same time, you control it, and now you have the burden of controlling it and maintaining it. But it's an, it's an in-house solution. And you also mentioned the voice trunking, which voice trunking is is the big way to get your digital network signal from your internet, which doesn't require any phone lines, into the PSTN, into the copper lines, to connect you with the internet of phones, for lack of a better term. So, yes. And you also mentioned earlier that Link and Skype for Business, they do the same thing. So they fall in that category Correct. of in-house hosted VoIP. Right. So what you have to do is um, you have to decide whether it's worth the cost of using a service like that or is it worth your time or paying somebody else to uh, maintain a PBX for you. Mm -hmm. And the risk that you have is if this thing is exposed to the internet, which most of these, you know, PBXs these days are because that's what gives you the flexibility. That's what lets you connect your soft phones from wherever you happen to be into your PBX. And Mm -hmm. it's what lets you sign on with these VoIP trunk providers and make these calls for dirt cheap over the internet. Um, It needs to be properly secured and it needs to be properly maintained. And this is where we find PBXs that have been sitting out there uh, non-updated for years (laughs) <laughs> and then some, you know, new worm or virus or, you know, attack comes along. Someone is able to exploit it. And now they get control of your phone system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, best case scenario, it's just a denial of service. And then slightly worse than that, they start making calls on your dime. And then worse <laughs> is, you know, this is a targeted attack. And they just listen in on all the calls. <laughs> Because, yeah, all you need to do is compromise this box. You don't even need any special technologies because most of these are saving all the phone calls that come and go as audio files on the box anyway. Mm -hmm. So you just grab a copy, and now I have a record of every phone call that comes into or goes out of your organization. Mm -hmm. That's that's bad. (laughs) Yeah. I had a client that actually had a Trix box. Trix box? Wow. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So so he had a Trix box, and... He did not change the default password mm. from the build. So oh. somebody came in and they did what you were talking about, but they didn't they didn't destroy the box or anything. They mm-hmm. just used it to route long distance calls. Mm-hmm. So all of their calls were through the roof. We detected of course I'm not a Linux guy, but I knew I knew enough to say look at the bill and then I also looked at logins. I'm like, dude, somebody's logged in here and they're it's compromised. And uh so the the guy who set it up, he's like, no problem, no problem. I will I'll wipe it, reload it, rebuild it again. He did oh, the exactly same thing. He didn't of course change. he did. Yeah. So the next month the bill's through the roof again because he didn't change the default password. I'm like, Ugh. are you kidding? <laughs> awesome you know they say people you know when we don't learn from our mistakes we're doomed to repeat them and that (laughs) i i see that so many times where we'll have a system you know we we're responding to an incident and a system has gotten compromised and you know we're told okay well you know you, you you've stemmed the attack so we just need to put that system right back into production like 
Just yeah, restore but, it like yesterday. Yeah, but <laughs> you still have the gaping hole that they were able to come through in the first place if you do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I was talking with um, with a client now about uh, what their incident response plan is, for example. It's a little bit of a segue, but it's along mm-hmm. the same lines and uh, the, the same blurry lines, if you will. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about, um, you know, I said, well, so what is your plan? They said, well, right now our standard practice is if a machine gets compromised or we suspect malware or whatnot, we just wipe it, image it, and, you know, put it back into production. And I said, but you don't know how they got in. You could just be opening up to the exact same problem again. And and the other problem, I said, what what about if there's like malware on there? You have no idea what what actually got in. Mm-hmm. You know, you've just wiped all the evidence when you when you wipe out the the system too. Yeah. So it was a, a very interesting uh, discussion to see like you know where their priorities are and what what uh, you know this organization they're just looking at you know uptime. We just got to get everything back up and running. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all we care about. So it's like all right, well. Okay. Somebody else's problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not mine. So until they come back again, and then you know, then it's their problem again. Yeah. So. What about what else? What about three CX before we leave in house? Have you used it? I have not. I know we have um, we have mutual acquaintances who who have, mm-hmm. but um, I I don't have any experience with that. Apparently, it offers, from what I've heard, it offer it's um, offers a lot of the same functionality. Yeah, uh, that that we've talked about that asterisk, but I don't recall ever hearing about anything that 3CX did that asterisk didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like it might be a little easier to configure or a little easier to maintain, uh, yes. but at at the price of a you know a higher price tag. Yeah, and and you nailed it. Uh, it runs on Windows rather than yep. Linux, so you've mm-hmm. got the overhead of Windows, and then you've got the licensing cost. And I actually ran it for a little while, and I ran it on a Amazon, the ultra small free server. Yep. And T one micro. Yeah, the T one <laughs> micro, and it actually ran fine on that. The only thing that didn't run fine was the soft phones, uh, right. because it it required more bandwidth than that little version was given me but i was actually i was actually kind of impressed with it but i didn't from from my business standpoint i didn't want to maintain that server for my clients i didn't mind maintaining it for myself i just didn't Mm want to maintain it for everybody so i bailed on it yep but i always have like want to go back to it i always think i want to go back to an asterisk box too but (laughs) (laughs) i don't (laughs) i i have i've been back on an asterisk box now for a couple of years and by and large it's pretty good Mm -hmm. you know we uh we we found out the hard way one day where we uh were archiving all calls you know because we we stayed as you call in all calls maybe recorded for quality assurance and um and uh, for some reason the we forgot to uh ever clean that out (laughs) hard drive filled up eventually and so i was like oh that was kind of embarrassing (laughs) that really should not have happened (laughs) that's kind of silly Mm -hmm. so um but overall it's been it's been rock solid for us we're pretty happy with it so what else we got okay so the next category um is i'm calling it pure hosted voip meaning we don't do anything the client doesn't do anything other than get a phone plug a network cable into it on their desk or internet and pick up the phone and they've got dial tone. So that would be a service, for instance, such as like Ring Central. Ring Central. Mm-hmm. For example, where you need to bring a, um, you need to have some way to connect, but you don't own any of the, the infrastructure. They take right. care of all of that for you. Right. Yep. And, you know, I've actually found a decent place for these in my really small businesses. So the the people with, like, well, really, like, one to six phones, they they don't have to think about it at all. They, mm-hmm. they just plug up a phone and they work. They don't, uh, they don't have enough bandwidth issues at their office. Uh, but, but they actually require, uh, depending on the service, they require heavier bandwidth than... Yes then they lead on. 
because yes, because <laughs> I'm actually working with Altus right now. Uh, I've I've worked with Jive, and I've seen Uma work. I've never actually done Uma because they were too small as far as their mm -hmm. total capacity. Yep. Um, and Ring Central, I've worked with them, and and I'm working with Altus right now, and they are they don't care about the network, so they say until the users start complaining, and then <laughs> <laughs> then you find out well they've got this you know they've got a five port. Linksys switch down here in the floor that that's what their phone is plugged into and it's real easy to clean up you know you put in a decent gigabit switch I mean you don't have to put in a a, uh, a Cisco you know thousand dollar switch you can get away with a, a nice gigabit 24 port switch for $150 and your mm -hmm. all your phone problems now go away provided right. Provided you're not having employees watch uh, college football on the <laughs> on the land. <laughs> yeah, that's the trick. You know, like like you said, that everything's fine and your requirements are real. The, the, it's a super low barrier to entry until you start having problems, mm -hmm. and then the you know all these providers seem to be very quick to point the finger at you know your oh you don't have enough bandwidth and. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's that's the that's the risk of VoIP is like who's to blame, and it's very easy for your VoIP provider to blame your internet service provider, your ISP, and say, oh yeah, it's connection issues. It's it's not our problem. It's their problem. Yeah. And that can be very tough to troubleshoot and to prove or disprove. Mm -hmm. So so there's a little bit of a risk, but yeah. um, you know I'd say it's safe to say that the the good old days of um, you know, regular old copper lines for most people are numbered. Yeah. You know, they definitely has their place even today, but still it's, uh, you know, it's not as not, not, it, it, it's very practical to, to do away with the lines, cut the cord, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, these days. So, yeah. So I, so those are kind of fall into that class of pure hosted voice. And I list them as smaller. I would, I'd be very hesitant to put 40, 40 users on that network without somebody <laughs> doing advanced quality of service network, you know, it's going to take a network engineer to make that all work. Yep. Um, but I've also used star to star, which they do. I, I labeled it. These are my labels enhanced VoIP. And what they're doing is pretty cool in that they are actually putting a small asterisk box. I stick, I can't say it. <laughs> asterisk. <laughs> box on your network um, mm -hmm. and they call it the star box uh, but right. what they're doing is your phones are actually communicating to the star box and then the star box is doing compression and then dumping it to their data centers so right. you get a lot more it's just a local gateway yeah it's, yeah it's, it's a local, local gateway and, and it uh and it, what's good also is it routes all the local calls internally there. So it yep. knows. So, right. you, it's, you know, those hosted phones that we just talked about, if you and I were sitting beside each other, my phone call is going to go to the data center and then come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you were to if but if you were to call for instance uh, 111, you know, like extension 111 mm -hmm. in house, then that's going to if you're if we're on a pure cloud solution, that call goes out to the internet and it comes all the way back down again. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have an on-premise PBX of some sort, then you know, it's just local on the local area network and that speeds things up. Yeah. So. But you know what I don't know though is hmm. I wonder if uh, like Altus and Uma, they've got a device there. I wonder if they have any peer-to-peer -peer sense about those phones that they know now to make it a LAN call. I don't know. That's worth looking. It wouldn't surprise me if they've figured that out because that's not hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it just build a little bit of intelligence into the the client so that you're doing a you know local call when appropriate. That seems reasonable. Yeah. 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 Well, and then kind of the last category I had here was the the hybrid VoIP, which is is the big boys, you know, the NECs, the Avias, where mm -hmm. they are leveraging the the telephone network and they're leveraging trunk 
networks and they're doing you know pure ip phones using their switch they're doing so, it all <laughs> yeah so they're doing it all and you know they're they are expensive and if you're enterprise uh it's not all that expensive you know, because we, we've we looked at, I've got a vendor that I work with, and we've looked at putting in systems that will support over 100 phones. And, you know, it'd be a ten or $14,000 install for all the labor, all the wiring, all the phones, you know. And they're going to have that system probably for seven years before they mm-hmm. ever do anything with it. So mm-hmm. it is expensive for... I mean, my company doesn't need a $14,000 phone system, but a $10 million a year company, they shouldn't. That's that's not even a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. They should. If, if 14,000 is a bother to them, somebody's not managing well. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) They got to revisit their priorities. (laughs) So, uh, disaster recovery benefits of VoIP. You want to talk about that? since we're we spend a lot of time talking about disaster recovery we do talk about that a lot don't we (laughs) so yeah well one of the benefits is um you know if 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 you have a cloud hosted solution and your cloud provider has taken the appropriate steps uh and say you know worst case scenario your your office burns down well it's not really that big a deal Mm-hmm. What's really cool is you can just grab, uh, you know, your soft phone that you've been using the all to make the, all these calls all along, and uh, just as long as you have internet access, you can still make phone calls. Yeah. So that's really cool. So even, uh, you know, again, not every situation we've discussed has this capability because if you have an on-premise PBX and that burns down and it's not properly backed up or duplicated, then, you know, your phone system did just burn down. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, there are some capabilities where you're, you're using, you're essentially replicating or distributing your phone service. So your communication service is not all in one spot. So there's definite advantages there. Yeah. Well, and if you're, if you're auto attendant and all that stuff is cloud-based, that'll just keep on going and find me follow me or grab your cell phone and right yeah so it's it's really <laughs> handy and, and that's the other thing too is you know like we're a small company um you know i'm a handful of consultants now we are largely distributed there's many most days of the week well not you know no, i'd say you know 50 50 or so i might be working from home or in a coffee shop mm-hmm and, you know, even though I'm based in Boston, I might be in Vermont one day and I don't want people to see that I'm dialing from, I don't know, my parents' telephone number if I happen to be visiting my folks for the weekend. Uh, you know, so when I route my calls through my VoIP phone, it always looks like it's coming from our Boston office. Wonderful. Yep. <laughs> so You're agile. <laughs> we are agile. <laughs> nimble, too. Agile and nimble. And I can touch my toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's our, not only do I do yoga, so does my PBX. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, Come yeah, on. it can definitely be, it's definitely a better solution. No matter what you choose, almost any VoIP solution is going to offer advantages from a disaster recovery standpoint over public switch telephone network. Yeah, you know, because there you have lines coming into your building, and that is a chore to get switched if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if it's in a massive outage, and you know, like everybody in your region is experiencing a problem. What are the odds that you know Verizon or whatever your local telco is uh, is going to prioritize you over everybody else to get you back up and running first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, and. So a lot of people go to VoIP because they think that they're going to save money. Yep. And a lot of times that's true, but if they don't have the right solution, I mean, if they they may or may not save money depending on what type of system they put in. Because mm-hmm. um, minutes still cost money right now. If you're in a right. bigger bigger, if you got to buy a big trunk of minutes, they still cost money. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of companies save a lot of money if they're the majority of their phone calls are between their own businesses, you know, because those mm-hmm. are free calls. 
so they don't they don't spend any money on there but if they do you know if you are a uh, call center and you're always calling other people or they're calling you you may not save on VoIP you may yeah. but you know you just can't it's not a 100% hey I'm going to save on VoIP and a lot of these uh, businesses will also or the, all of these a lot of these vendors also have plans that make VoIP make sense too, where some of them are unlimited and then some of them are less, you know, depending on yep. the users. Yep. So. S- some, somehow when, when the big guys get involved, they still manage to make a profit. <laughs> they still got to make a profit. Yeah. <laughs> and they do somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, my brother-in-law, he's a, uh, he's a CPA and he's always been a big firm CPA Mm-hmm. And he says, what's your profit margin? I said, this was early on. I'm like, it doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? I said, I'm not doing enough business to make a profit. <laughs> yes, so it doesn't matter what my profit margin is. Would be, <laughs> sounds like that's a zero margin there. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. I don't have enough work to make a profit. <laughs> but we're we're past that. We're, we're, it would be an eight-year hobby. But <laughs> so okay. Well, I don't think I have any more that I want to discuss with VoIP. But I mean, if anybody wants to ask us some questions, I'm sure that we will make an answer. Yeah, I mean, we've 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 we didn't get into a lot of detail here, obviously. So you know, we can talk a lot more tech, or I don't know if we can get a lot less technical than this. I mean, this was. <laughs> Fairly high level, so yeah. you get to get an idea of what VoIP can do for you if you're not using it already. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there you go. We summed up an entire industry in 30 minutes. <laughs> Dude, think how much that's worth. You know? yeah. Can you describe the entire VoIP industry to me? Sure, I need about half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> we should, we should charge for this, man. This should be a uh, a summary service of some sort. Yeah? <laughs> so, well, cool. Cool. So, so you want to hit our uh, nifty yeah. item of the day? Why don't we take a segue for a second here and talk about something nifty? Are you going to take a battery-powered segue? One of those? No, uh, no, not one of those. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, segue into uh, something else. Yes, uh, nifty, nifty little thing. Um, if you are in the need of passwords that you need to actually remember. If for some reason you cannot use a password generator, which a lot of security professionals today seem to agree that that is the, uh, the best way to, to do it, is to have your passwords in a password safe of some sort. You don't even know what the passwords are. They're managed by this program. You need to just remember one master password to get into it. And that's it. Um, but sometimes that doesn't work. You may, for instance, um, not be able to copy and paste a password <laughs> for whatever reason. What? And you have to type it out. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, it can be highly beneficial to use what's called a passphrase, which is something that you can remember or at least can type easily. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard to type something like, Close curly brace, period, capital T for CP equals capital K, open square bracket, underscore, close parenthesis. Man, that's my password. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't mean to actually give that away. (laughs) But (laughs) for those of you who aren't using that... the, another option, though, which would be uh, would be to use words that you can remember and easily type. And <laughs> I would argue that a better password than that gibberish that I just read you would be something like OK Ivan Lead Bread Algae Vault. <laughs> and these are both passwords that were generated by this nifty little online uh, password generator that I discovered a few days ago. And we'll put a link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But um, the website, it's A as in alpha, E as in echo, the number seven dot S-T as in Sierra Tango, forward slash G as in Google. Mm 
<laughs> yep. or generator. Uh, and uh, it's kind of neat. I came across that uh, password site. What's what's neat about this is this web page. It's all JavaScript and it's all local, so you can just download this and keep a copy of it. You're nice. not actually. It doesn't have to be an online service, so you can stick this on a thumb drive, stick it on your desktop or whatnot, and you're not using, uh, you know, like somebody else's service, so they're not storing your passwords or anything like that. But it's really cool, and uh, it allows you to generate nine different types of passwords. And uh, I just found it really slick, and uh, it's neat, neat, uh, neat little tool. So if you need to use to to generate memorable passwords, um, I recommend this site, ae7.st/g. Yeah, I generated one, uh, so it went from diceware, which turned into Burr Munch Damn Blonde Ad. Nice. I got Zoom <laughs> Stub Nail Levi's Gam Frown. <laughs> I've read some emails that came like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so, well, cool. That is, uh, I well, I like password generator. Like you said, I don't, There, I've got websites that I don't even know what my password is because I was mm-hmm. tired of just put them in the password safe. Yep. So... Absolutely. Well, very cool. So well, that's my nifty for the week. That's a that's a good one. I'll put that I'll put that in the show notes. I'm so sure our one. listeners will appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Peter. Cool. Have, Pleasure have as always. <laughs> and and we've got uh, Ken Scott coming up soon. Excellent. And that'll be fun. I, that'll be fun. So we'll try to keep him out of the weeds of tech while we're talking. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. We might, we may, we may end up gaining some more techie <laughs> listeners if we do. I don't know. It's you never can tell. Although I think we're talking about tech toys, so um, probably not. We're um, going to dive into the weeds. We'll be in the weeds. Get your propeller hat on. <laughs> cool. All right. I will talk to you then. Thanks, Peter. Talk to Thank you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. To contact either us or our guests. Visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.